The Ready, Set, Grow podcast is sponsored by Ag Expert, software designed for Canadian agriculture. Visit them today at agexpert.ca. Hi, my name is Joe Dales, and I'm one of the co-founders of the RH Accelerator. And today we're recording our uh, Ready, Set, Grow podcast, where we interview innovators and leaders in the agriculture and food space. So today we have our special guest host from probably wonderful Regina, warm Regina today, Diana. Diana Laternas from uh, Farm Credit Canada. For sure. (laughs) Good to see you again. And uh, we're really uh, happy today. We have Cornelia Kreplin, who is the interim CEO of the Canadian Agri-Food Automation and Intelligence Network and affectionately known as Kane, joining us from Alberta. So welcome, Cornelia. We're really pleased to have you here today. Thanks for having me on. Cornelia, for those of uh, the people in the audience that don't know you, can you give us a bit of a background on yourself, uh, where you're from, and and how you ended up uh, um, being the CEO of of Kane? Sure. Um, My um, journey is a very long and circuitous one. Uh, I consider myself truly a Canadian because I grew up in eastern Canada in uh, southern Ontario and uh, found my uh, path to Alberta. You have to uh, you have to give a shout out for the hometown. I always make people. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, shout out for the hometown. Well, yeah. uh, Freelton, Ontario, I guess. Freelton. As close as we get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's near yeah. Hamilton, right? Uh, between uh, Guelph and Burlington. Sorry. Guelph and Burlington. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. We know where it is. So, yeah, so mixed farming community, and uh, uh, well, no, learned uh, learned a lot in my younger years about agriculture in in Ontario. Also, did uh, all of my uh, post secondary education at Guelph as well. So, um, you know, by building on my uh, background in veterinary medicine and more specifically in veterinary pathology, I found my uh, first job in Alberta with Alberta Agriculture. And uh, while at Alberta Agriculture, I had the privilege of having at least five different leadership positions in in, uh, uh, spanning animal health and food safety, and finally landing in uh, oversight of crop and livestock related research. So this was a really good transition to a new startup called Alberta Innovates Biosolutions. So I actually, uh, you know, uh, landed on the other side of the fence from overseeing uh, crop and livestock research delivery of projects to uh, finally identifying which projects had the best merit for funding and projects specifically I uh, targeted at um, solving those problems that um, uh, the uh, crop and livestock producers in Alberta particularly were facing. So that. Uh, that uh, was a, a you know a bit of a um, a career shift, but and um, uh, in 2016, what happened is that Alberta Innovates Biosolutions and three sister organizations were merged into uh, what is now known as Alberta Innovates, and I took on a leadership role for the Smart Agriculture and Food um, uh, Program. And uh, focused very much on uh, more sharply focused on emerging technologies and how they could uh, contribute to 
you know, uh, better varietal development, uh, control of pests and disease, and and uh, basically focused on adaptation to uh, climate change and improving productivity. So those are, so that um, uh, brings me to Kane actually, and uh, and how uh, Kane was born. It, uh, it, uh, I guess I go back a couple of years to um, uh, an initiative that uh, Stuart Cullum at Olds College actually headed up, and that was the Smart Agriculture um, uh, Supercluster uh, proposal. That was not successful, but you know there was enough momentum in that supercluster to for people to start thinking about how can we make it real. And then, of course, the federal government announced the Strategic Innovation Fund. And uh, uh, so the vision of Laura Kilcrease and Stuart uh, Cullum um, continued on by uh, developing this application to this, uh, the Strategic, Strategic Innovation Fund that um, um, Innovation Science and Economic Development was hosting. So uh, what we did was um, gathered eight core partners over a period of about a month, uh, developed an application well over 100 pages. So we're talking about generating all of this uh, partnership and relationships and, and putting an application together in a, in a couple of months. Uh, put that in March 8th and I was going, oh gosh, thank goodness that's done, right? And uh, that's likely the last we'll hear of this. Well, no, that wasn't to be because, and Kane uh, um, was announced as one of two successful applications in July of 2019. So the other uh, uh, sister organization to Kane is called the Canadian Food Innovators Network. And uh, they're uh, set to get uh, going uh, very shortly. And Kane's, uh, Kane was awarded uh, 49.5 million over five years. But that, uh, there are some strings attached to that 49.5 million. So Kane needs to generate at least 59 million in industry support for research and innovation projects and uh, in kind on top of that, so that our total remit to the federal government is in the order of 133 million over five years. So it's quite a considerable sum. So how are we gonna do that? Well, we're focused on three different areas. One is uh, developing an, uh, an ecosystem where data-driven decision-making dominates. Uh, secondly is an area, uh, uh, encouraging a development of uh, robotics and automation that would uh, uh, reduce uh, labor requirements and improve quantity and quality of product. And the third item that we're uh, interested in is building a network of smart farms across Canada. So these smart farms have three different uh, purposes. One is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a uh, location where these technology companies can test and scale up their technology. So validating that the technology really works in field conditions. Second thing is, is uh, of course, to be able to use those smart farms to demonstrate what's in it for the farming community in that particular area. So the smart farms may vary from broad acre crops to horticulture to livestock related uh, 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 initiatives. 
but by linking smart farms across Canada, we can maximize the learning and collaboration, even though we have different ecosystems that we're farming in. So, and then finally, smart farms, many of them, uh, today there are very few, but uh, uh, some of them are at post-secondary institutions. So they also are engaged in um, educating that workforce of tomorrow and un, uh, making sure that the kids coming out that are taking over farming operations have that understanding of both technology and how it can support agriculture. So those are uh, the three areas that we're focused on in Kane: the data-driven decision-making automation and this network of smart farms. So how are we gonna do that? Well, we have uh, two major uh, areas of activity. One is building a network. So we have, uh, surprisingly, you know, uh, the press releases are very handy because they attract some attention. And we've had companies come to us and say, well, we've got, we're building uh, on this idea that we have, but we need expertise in X, Y, Z. So uh, the database that we're building has a summary of what these companies uh, uh, focus is all about, but it also uh, uh, is a, um, includes some sort of um, uh, uh, understanding of uh, what it is that they're looking for. So we're able to match companies with other companies or with academic institutions and and uh, uh, not-for-profit research organizations and be able to uh, make those matches so that they can use each other's technology to build something even better. So Kane, uh, on behalf of the federal government is focused very much on growing uh, small and medium enterprises across Canada. And I'm sure some of your other um, speakers have talked about how 95% uh, of the companies in Canada are actually falling that small and medium category, which is less than uh, 500 employees. Um, uh, but we do also appreciate the contribution of those large national companies and internationals, and particularly when we're talking about partnerships with these small and medium enterprises in a research environment so that they can uh, really make those projects grow. So uh, building that network is one of the activities that Kane is, uh, is pursuing. The other one, of course, is support, uh, financial support for research and innovation. Uh, unlike many other organizations, both uh, federal and provincial, uh, uh, Kane and the Strategic Innovation Fund that ISED sponsors is uh, a program that's based on reimbursement of research expenses. Right, so whereas uh, at Alberta Innovates, for instance, I would have taken a look at a project and decided that it had merit and uh, uh, funded it through uh, grant and uh, installments on a milestone basis. Uh, Kane, on the other hand, will um, uh, contribute up to 50% of eligible expenses to a project, but based on reimbursement. So again, the objective is uh, to grow uh, the economy, to grow employment through support, principally for a small and medium enterprise. So any of the projects that we support would have to have two SMEs associated with them. 
So we've had a close competition, you know, those eight core partners came together, they put a lot of skin in the game by putting the application together, and they wanted first crack at being able to further their research initiatives. So that uh, competition is coming to a close now, are funding uh, nine projects uh, to the tune of about $15 million. Uh, perhaps a little more, a couple of budgets need to be solidified yet. And uh, we're partway through what we call an open competition. So this was advertised across Canada and we uh, utilized a, utilizing a three-step process uh, uh, so that um, we can identify those projects that have the greatest merit. And again, projects that are focused at uh, uh, data-driven decision-making, automation, or uh, building this network of smart farms, and all to uh, improve competitiveness of, of um, uh, the industry. So that's, uh, well, I've gone on for a wee bit now, but uh, uh, so that's a little bit about myself and, and a little bit more about Kate. That's that's interesting, uh, Cornelia. Um, the smart farms are an interesting concept, and they're all across. You know, there's a few across Canada that are part of that network. I understand, and so I'm just wondering, when you say that it's going to be useful for producers uh, at the end, how do you see that? Um, so the smart farms will test these technologies, and then they'll get the research, and they'll have some findings, and then how do you see that sharing out to the industry or to producers yeah it's a little bit difficult right now with COVID of course but you know farmers like to get together for a good meal and also uh, to uh, take a look at what's new you know uh, farming is uh, uh, as your audience knows is a high volume low margin business right so Anytime you're making an investment, you've got to be sure that, uh, especially if it's five or six hundred thousand dollars, right? You got to be sure that that thing, that that uh, technology is going to uh, supply that return on investment. So the smart farms are a physical location where farmers can gather to take a look at, uh, say, for instance, an uh, autonomous power platform. Uh, we all uh, likely have heard about DOT, which is uh, you know a Canadian invention that Kane uh, um, uh, is supporting. It uh, finds its home not far from you, Diana, in, uh, in Regina, outside of Regina. So this is an autonomous power platform, but when you add the cost of DOT plus the sprayer plus the cedar and, uh, and the other equipment that goes along with it, uh, it becomes a bit of a, a price tag. So farmers need to be uh, confident that this is going to work in their environment. So the smart farms will help build that confidence in emerging technology. Yeah, that's, I, a, that's a great initiative. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited about seeing that, uh, that network as it rolls out. Um, Cornelia, I wouldn't mind your, you know, take on kind of the state of the Canadian robotics and automation industry. Um, I, I don't uh -huh. think other than DOT, most people recognize the the scope and the depth and and you know number of companies and you know where that is today and maybe where that will be in five or ten years down the road. I wouldn't mind your your thoughts and vision on yeah. uh, on that whole sector. 
Yeah, so I, the, that sector is really poised to grow. Um, we see lots of small companies that are emerging with really good ideas, and some of them are partnering with larger companies as well. So the technology is not just being developed within the ag tech sector, uh, sector, it's also being developed in other sectors and can be adapted to agriculture. So an example I might uh, one of our core partners is Linamar, right? So Linamar is involved in building uh, automation and robotics for the automotive industry. But I mean, the question arises is, can some of that robotics be adapted to picking mushrooms, picking apples, or, you know, uh, uh, harvesting other crops? Then we have other uh, uh, companies that are building robotics uh, to uh, look after weed control or, or uh, uh, spraying pesticides, right? So there are lots of ideas emerging in order to simplify farming practices or make them less labor intensive. Um, and uh, so farm um, in Canada, uh, in general, I guess the opinion is of, uh, that uh, agriculture is a little bit behind other sectors in terms of adapting these emerging technologies. So, but uh, I think that's quickly changing where, uh, you know, COVID actually has provided some time for thought and, and exploration. So now that um, agriculture producers across Canada understand what some of these emerging technologies can go for them, do for them, I think the rate of adoption will be much higher. And consequently, adoption also derive, uh, drives innovation. So I think we'll see that the whole uh, area of automation and robotics expand very quickly. And you know what? We have the basics in Canada to support that industry. We've got Amy in, uh, uh, in uh, Alberta, Communitech, as well as uh, uh, a group in Montreal that are uh, focused on machine learning and artificial intelligence. So we've got the expertise in Canada. We just uh, uh, need to apply it to agriculture. Cornelia, you mentioned um, data-driven decisions. Um, mm -hmm. Can you, you know, tell us a bit more about what that looks like? Sure. So, uh, I, um, I guess an example I could use is, uh, you know, traditionally a farmer has gone outside uh, and taken a look at uh, the weather report. What's going to happen today? And uh, is there going to be a wind or not? Or should I spray this morning or not? Right? Because uh, I've got a uh, control pests or disease or whatever they they, they cause for um, the, the decision around spraying. Now, so I've, uh, oftentimes in the past, you haven't uh, farmers make the decision with the best information they have at hand. But nowadays, you can combine data that is gathered uh, on their specific operation. So that might be private data with uh, public data, like weather network uh, information, um, the soil maps, and so on, and uh, be able to combine all that data, uh, do a bit of analysis, and come up with uh, a decision that is a little more objective than a farmer uh, making a decision on his own. So these data-driven decisions will reduce the risk associated with uh, spraying, cost $20,000 to run that sprayer across uh, my operation. And uh, is it gonna be effective because uh, I didn't predict properly, right? So using data to uh, 
to be a little more confident in decisions is is going to be the way of the future. Um, <clears throat> I'm I'm interested in uh, you know early stage innovative companies. Um, are there a few that you have your eye on that uh, that you think are poised for growth uh, that have come across your your radar? Uh, uh, don't mean to put you on the spot, but uh, you know <laughs> well, you mentioned Linamar. You mentioned Linamar. Uh, yeah. that's a great company, and people don't traditionally think of them as a, as in agriculture. Yeah. Uh, but with some acquisitions and uh, yeah. you know, and then Telesag stepped in uh, in a big way with all their acquisitions. So it's exciting to see some of these non-traditional uh, companies coming in and bringing innovation in. So um, yeah. are you seeing any more like that or, uh, you know, just a yeah, little sure. thoughts and comments and observations there? Uh, yeah, so there uh, there are quite a few. One of the other core partners is MDA, right? So MDA is a company that's been active in Canada and the uh, internationally now focused back on Canada uh, that uh, can um, apply their expertise in satellites and imagery and uh, uh, even robotics and apply that to agricultural operations. They have an interest as well. I know some of the companies, Joe, I can't talk about because they're part of our project mix at the moment. Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The so, smaller companies. So if people want information on Kane, you probably have a website and, and yes. things like that, and newsletters and stuff. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, as as you roll out, um, you know, some of these projects, people will be uh, keen to uh, to follow them. Yeah, yes, and uh, you know, Kane has sprung up very quickly. Yeah, we uh, uh, we were uh, the we were announced as a successful award in the SIP program in 2019, but you can imagine uh, the amount of work that's gone into building a term sheet and building a contribution agreement, and we really didn't get our contribution agreement signed until July 2020 which means, and COVID had an impact on that delay too, but it's, uh, you know, there's negotiation and building the documents, but COVID uh, really did, uh, did cause a delay. So we've only been up and running really for a few months now. So, uh, yeah, so the, the organization is very young. Okay. Very young. Yeah. Yes. And so when you do go to our website, uh, please know that it's being renovated. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's uh, living, pretty rudimentary at the moment. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cornelia, you, uh, you've been in the industry for a long time and uh, you've been in a lot of different leadership positions. And I'm just wondering from, you know, a woman entrepreneur or leadership position, um, some of the tips you can give to the audience for, you know, things you've learned over the years? Well, you know, uh, so uh, we've all participated in leadership courses of one kind or another and read books. One that really stays with me is uh, uh, by two authors called Kuzis and Posner, and the book is called The Leadership Challenge, but it really focuses on not uh, on leadership behaviors, right? So, uh, and uh, most importantly, it's um, uh, about being able to uh, scan the horizon, keeping abreast with emerging uh, issues and uh, 
advances and being able to synthesize that into a vision that you can articulate in a way that inspires others as well. So it's very much a strategic focus on a path forward in an organization. But then, you know, you, you have to stay true to your values as well. And as you're modeling the way forward, right? So making sure that, uh, that uh, uh, you walk the talk and that people understand that you're going to be true to that. Uh, you know, you can't always um, stay uh, static either. So continuous improvement and looking for ways to, for the organization to grow is, is another element and finally of course you know you have to be able to supply uh, the folks that are working with you with the tools they need to do the job but uh, not to forget to celebrate success and too often i mean uh, for me this is the three fingers pointing back at me when i'm pointing at someone else is uh, uh, you know you got to stop to really savor the moment and and celebrate those those milestones when you achieve them so those, you know, that's just a quick summary of the behaviors that Kuzas and Posner uh, um, talks about in their book, but uh, that's one that stays with me. That's terrific. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to kind of uh, bring this discussion to an end for today. Uh, is there any other last minute uh, things that you want to discuss with our audience or share and uh and then how can they get a hold of you, um, I guess, oh. through the website and, and a few things like that? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, so a couple of things to leave with the audience is that, uh, you know, we've uh, Canada has this really unique opportunity now. We are export dependent. We are reclaiming our competitiveness. What we need to do is... Uh, uh, to take on this economic opportunity, but also behave in a socially responsible manner, right? So when we're looking to feed these 10 billion people by 2050, uh, we have the ability to provide the calories that are needed to uh, feed the rest of the world. So Canada has this unique opportunity right now to grow its economy through agriculture, but also to, um, uh, to feed the rest of the world or you know, contribute to the calories that they need. Uh, Cane is one of the ways to do that and coordinating uh, all of these uh, different research and innovation uh, funders and supporting mechanisms across the country is another way we're going to achieve that progress. That's so how exciting. can you get a, yeah, I can, uh, get a hold of me at uh, cornelia.kreplin at cane.ca uh, uh, or through the website. Perfect. No, we really yeah. appreciate you spending LinkedIn. some time. Yeah, and LinkedIn. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. No, we'll uh, we'll definitely be following the uh, the progress of uh, of the organization. And um, yeah, I want to thank everybody for for watching the Ready Set Grow podcast. They keep growing, and becoming more and more popular. Uh, as always, you can find them on the rhaccelerator.com site. Just click on the Ready Set Grow podcast link at the top. You can find them on YouTube and then on uh, some of the uh, the podcast uh, platforms like Apple uh, and so on. So thanks, everybody, for watching and uh, stay tuned next week. We'll have another interesting uh, agri-food innovator. Bye for now.